Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a Challenge Cup Week 1 preview. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. You can watch us as video too at youtube.com slash attacking third. So be sure to subscribe so that you never miss out on our exclusive interviews or whenever we go live. We've got games this weekend. NWSL action is back. How you doing, Lisa? We have games, Sandra. I am so excited. Um, I'm doing really well. I'm in Philly right now and it's pretty miserable out. It's pouring. It's gray. It's gross weather here. But tomorrow morning I will be on a flight. I'm traveling this weekend to call some games, so I'm excited about that. Not only do I get to chat with you about them here, preview them, we'll do a live recap and analysis on Sunday evening, but I'll also be watching all the games from the booth, which I'm pretty excited about. How are you? Are you pumped? I'm pumped. It just sort of feels like this lovely, it's all familiar, right? It's a sense of familiarity. We're coming back to a place that feels like home. Soccer is coming back to us. NWSL action is coming back to us. It's, it's, it's March. It's spring, right? Spring is starting to be sprung in certain places of the country. Let's just say, uh, even, even in, in Philly and in Chicago, right? We're starting to get some of those nicer days, those high 50 degree days. I say the rain is pretty spring weather-esque, right? Gotta have, gotta have the they bring the flowers. You got to have it for the blooms, right? So I'm I'm into it. Like March really is symbolizing uh, mm-hmm. a number of things. And yes, that includes return to NWSL action, but it also includes March madness. The madness is here. Don't miss a moment of the action on CBS, TBS, TNT, and True TV. You can download the March Madness live app to watch every game anywhere, anytime, live and you can watch all NWSL matches on Paramount+. Plus. Let's get into NWSL action that is happening this weekend. The Challenge Cup is kicking off on Friday, March 18th, and it's going to have Kansas City Current versus Racing Louisville FC at 7.30 p.m. ET. And a little birdie told me that Lisa Roman's going to be on the call for that one. I'll be there. Catch me on Paramount Plus this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be kicking things off there on Friday. Friday is going to close out with a late night bit of action. We're going to have some NWSL after dark action early for us, right? Yeah. In the month of March. Oil Rain versus Portland Thorns are going to be kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Saturday has a triple header. Orlando Pride versus Washington Spirit. North Carolina Courage versus Gotham FC. Angel City versus San Diego Wave FC. 
the first two games are both happening at 7 p.m. Eastern time and Angel City and San Diego Wave are West Coast battle at 9 p.m. Eastern kickoff. And Sunday is a lone game uh, closing out the opening weekend action with Houston Dash versus Chicago Red Stars at 7 p.m. Eastern Central Standard Time. It's going to be exciting. We've got six matches featuring all 12 clubs getting into their first NWSL competitions. This is huge. This is the biggest or the most number of clubs that women's professional soccer has ever had in the United States. Uh, 10 last year for the NWSL and now 12 adding in San Diego and Angel City. And it's been such anticipation as to watching them play and not only just seeing them play on the pitch, but seeing them compete against each other. And we get that this weekend, which is fantastic. I think that the schedule is pretty good. It's pretty good considering uh, when, when you just ran through those that we get big matchups to start yep. a wall rain versus Portland and angel city versus San Diego. The only thing that I, I, I noticed on this one, because the challenge cup is broken into regions, East central and West, the East region is playing at the same time. So they're both playing Saturday at 7 PM, Orlando versus Washington and then North Carolina versus Gotham, which is fine. It's not a big deal, but that means that these teams and these coaches can't watch their, other group members at the same time. That's that's like a that's a thing. They watch yeah. all these games. They know how they're due. You want to see how the other teams are doing, and they won't be able to watch it in real time. Of course, scouting and going back and rewatching tape. But otherwise, it's all pretty spaced out between Friday and Sunday. Uh, six matches. I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped for it too. There's uh, there's a lot of little things I think that you can go through. And within each of the matches to sort of pick out and say, this is something to look at. But in terms of the general scope, right, of Challenge Cup, we did do an overview uh, of a Challenge Cup preview in terms of the rules, regulations, stuff like that, that you could take a look at how regions are broken down. But uh, in terms of looking ahead into this Challenge Cup, I love this little uh, fun fact here, right? 10 of 12 NWSL coaches are going to be making their Challenge Cup head coaching debut this month. Not necessarily James Clarkson, not necessarily Freya Coombe, who have each participated in the Challenge Cup and, quite frankly, have both made it to a Challenge Cup final, understand sort of what that means, what that feels like. But that's a good chunk of coaches sort of getting their first run out of the Challenge Cup themselves, right, along with probably some other players across the league. Yeah, which I think will provide a different vibe for the challenge cup this year because it's it's not it's technically a preseason tournament because it is before the regular season so in the definition sense of it but it's a tournament that you can win a cup and that counts as one of the trophies to raise throughout this 2022 year and the 2022 season so this is a chance for these coaches to kind of establish themselves in this league and in American soccer culture and in professional soccer. We have Amanda Cromwell coming in for Orlando Pride from the collegiate game. We have uh, Kim Bjorkgren coming over from Sweden, Holby with Racing Louisville. So these coaches that have been shifted around and and coming into this, um, this is new for them. I mean, Laura Harvey, right, she's been here. She's done this before, but not a Challenge Cup. So I'm excited because I think the vibes it's weird to say the vibes but like the overall feel of this challenge cup will be different because there are 10 coaches that haven't done this before so they don't know okay like what was it like last year what was it like in the bubble it's a clean slate starting new it's a tournament and a chance for a team to win a cup and raise a trophy 
Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on there. I think this is this is the third edition, right, of this Challenge Cup. And we've already seen it kind of evolve in different ways a little bit. Like, obviously, its inaugural introduction to the league was as this newly inventive thing uh, in light of the height of the pandemic in the first ever of its kind, right, a bubble type of tournament Mm -hmm. in 2020. And then last year in 2021, becoming this tournament that was still at the latter stage of a preseason ahead of a regular season. So it still sort of had some preseason energy around it, right? With players kind of kicking off some of the, the, the long off season and preseason rust. And then with this year, it still has a similar energy in terms of being this, this tournament, this type of competition that's happening at the tail end of a preseason, just ahead of a regular season. But now that we've got, a 2022 regular schedule that's come out, we also have seen that this Challenge Cup is going to be running concurrent to eventually the regular season when it kicks off on April 29th. So by the time semifinals start getting kicked off, right, for the Challenge Cup and then boil down to two finalists for the Challenge Cup, there will be a regular season that's already happening, right? So it's interesting for me to sort of take a look at Challenge Cup right now And try to pinpoint what the energy is around it. And I think talking about the fact that there's a ton of new coaches who are going to be getting their first shot at Challenge Cup, combined with kind of this other bit of evolution of Challenge Cup, still sort of being preseason-y, but maybe Mm -hmm. not. Like maybe for next year's Challenge Cup, we'll start to see it a little different. You know, I know that there's there's been mixed uh, opinions, right? Mixed opinions, mixed results in terms of the Challenge Cup and what it has become, what it is, and what it could be, right, for NWSL. And as of right now, it is one of three uh, NWSL titles a team can collect throughout a year, right? So you've got a Challenge Cup, you've got the uh, NWSL Shield, and then you've got the NWSL Championship, right? Which has kind of been looked to as the big one, right? And in American sports, Super Bowl of of women's soccer here. So I'm going to be interested to sort of see how some of these coaches are going to have, you know, the energy around this Challenge Cup because in prior years, there was absolutely that kind of attitude of like, well, this is a preseason tournament. It's kind of preseason-y. We're going to get to see a lot of different players and a lot of different positions. And we're going to try out some mm-hmm. of these new faces and these rookies or these first time players on our team. And there wasn't a lot of cohesive soccer sometimes that we were watching, uh, you know, come out during those challenge cup games, even just last year. So I think, Maybe this could be a year where there's a little bit of a different perspective with uh, a ton of new blood on the head coaching side of things for NWSL. So I'm excited to maybe see that energy kind of fold out over the course of these next several weeks or so. Let's look ahead to matches this weekend, though, right? Let's maybe pin down who we are going to be looking at to see as the big games across the weekend. Lisa, I think when we were rattling off the Friday games, the Saturday games, the Sunday games, we've got some very specific regional rivalry type of games that we are looking at in terms of the match of the weekend. I think the first one that we're going to give it to, we're absolutely going to keep our eyes on Saturday's fixture between Angel City FC and San Diego Way Football Club at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be Angel City and San Diego's first match against each other, right? The two California expansion sides going head-to-head for the first time in NWSL action. 
it's not just their first match against each other. It's their first matches <laughs> as, as clubs in general. And the fact that they each opponent gets to go against another expansion club team almost kind of evens the playing field a little bit. It's neither of these teams have competed in matches before tournaments before they've had the same amount of preseason, the same amount of um, opportunity leading up to Saturday's match. But all eyes will be turned to this game because everyone wants to see what these clubs have been working on behind closed doors. Um, when we look at these these two matchups, I mean, in particularly like Angel City, we did our preview for them and San Diego, of course, but looking at the rosters for them that they have put out for this Challenge Cup, looking at the coaching decisions that have been made and, and the fundamentals that have been laid down for both of these clubs, I have to take a look at San Diego a little closer because I think their roster just packs a bigger punch than Angel City at this point based on injuries, based on who they've rolled out, um, uh, even like across the line. I mean, the front line for San Diego is Alex Morgan, Jody Taylor, Katie Johnson, Taylor Korniak is in there. Kelsey Turnbow is in there. So these are all good players that have a lot of experience in Jody Taylor, Alex Morgan, Katie Johnson, Taylor Korniak, knowing how to play with Alex Morgan, formerly both at Orlando Pride. And then a young superstar in Kelsey Turnbow, who drafted in 2021, but chose to take a fifth year in college. And now coming to San Diego, there's just a lot of versatility in this frontline squad and even defensively for San Diego. They have Caitlin Sheridan in goal, who is Canadian international. She won gold this summer. Um, Tegan McGrady, who was on the 2021 Washington spirit team that won the NWSL championship and number one overall draft pick, uh, Naomi Gurma, who is a, a defender. So I, I love the look of San Diego and, and angel city. They're missing Julie Ertz, she won't be playing. Sarah Gordon in their back line. They still have big players, but I think San Diego is going to hit a little harder in this match. Um, but I'm so excited to watch this one. I really am. I like that. I like that. You're kind of giving a pick a little bit in this one. We're in, in our in our matches of the week to watch. I like that. You're going with San Diego. So you know what? I'm going to keep it interesting here. And go the other side. I'm going to go Angel City in this one. I'm excited for this game in general, right? Because of the all the aforementioned uh, things that you had already gone through right now uh, in terms of it being the first <laughs> NWSL competition for them, period, right? Period. Not just against <laughs> each other, right? That's going to have all eyes on, uh, on both of these teams. But, you know, in terms of the hosts in this one, right? It's going to be Angel City. Yeah. It's going to be them. They're going to be the ones that are stepping on to the pitch as the home side in this one. You know, they're going to be the ones that are, uh, you know, look to as are they going to deliver on this sort of opening weekend uh, type of environment? Like what's that going? What's this Angel City side going to look like as the, as the home team, as the team with maybe you know, the quote unquote pressure, so to speak. And I'm going to hope that they rise to the occasion. So I'm going to go with Angel City and say that they're going to deliver. A big thing that I'm excited to see is the return of Kristen Press. Yeah. Uh, to be frank, that's also a headline that's probably going in to this type of match. We're talking about a United States women's national team forward who has been involved in the senior level national team and the NWSL for a very, very long time, making her return to 
NWSL play after, uh, you know, a couple years absence there. We're talking about stepping onto the field for NWSL competition for the first time since 2019. And that is very exciting. I think everybody can agree that the NWSL is just a little bit different, maybe a little bit more exciting place when you've got the most prolific scorers in the league. Right. And that includes somebody absolutely like Kristen Press. So I'm excited to see what this team looks like, how they're going to be feeding her the ball, if they're going to be asking her to be more of the playmaking architect. We will see. We're going to get to see all of that come to life in this California clash. But this isn't the only match that we've got highlighted in terms of rivalries for match of the weekend. We're also going to be keeping an eye on Friday's match on the West Coast still, right, with O.L. Rain versus Portland Thorns kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Lisa, when we're looking at this one, listen, I've been talking about it throughout all of our different previews, during our O.L. Rain preview, during the Challenge Cup previews, all of it. I, I've got a spot for O.L. Rain in the top of my rankings for them to make a run and go and get some titles during 20. 22 and i think they've got potentially a good shot at maybe taking the challenge cup and it, but it's got to start with this huge game yeah. this is a huge matchup between ol rain and portland thorns i know sandra you've been high on ol rain the last few months and and there's good reason why right there's so many points of evidence to back up your reasoning for that one and and when we look at the last few weeks, there was a preseason tournament hosted by Portland Thorns and Portland hosted OL Reign. These two teams faced off. It ended in a nil-nil draw, which I think, I don't think the score line is reflective of what we're going to see this weekend on Friday. However, I do think that the level of competition is what we're going to see. It was a really tough match. It was a really hard fought battle. This is a rivalry that's been happening forever. And, and when you look at these two sides, Portland Thorns, they're reigning Challenge Cup champions. They won it in 2021. Uh, we're seeing a different formation from them from last year to this year with new head coach, Rain Wilkinson. So they're providing a little bit more. I think we're seeing a lot from Sophia Smith, who's recently shown so much at the national team level with the United States women's national team in the the preseason match against the U23, Sophia Smith had a hat trick. She probably could have had like four or five in that match. She had a few off the bar. Um, I was able to watch these highlights and, and read some articles on that one. Um, however, new developments with the Portland Thorns. It was announced that defender Becky Sauerbron underwent meniscus knee surgery, and she will be out for the Challenge Cup in recovery. They hope to have her return by the regular season. Now, meniscus knee surgery is minimal. It's not super invasive. It's not super reconstructive by any means. So it's a good time for her to get this surgery as opposed to letting her knee get worse and the pain get more painful. However, now Portland is without Becky Sauerbron, who was the rock and the leader in their back line. So I think that changes things for Portland as well. Um, and when you look at OL Reign, what is it? 12 of their 26 players on their roster are new this year, which is some of the biggest turnover we've ever seen from OL Reign. They lost a number of players, um, just changes happening around, but they also got some players back. We saw Allie Watt at the end of the 2021 season. She was coming off of a knee surgery and we'll see her 
hopefully in this match against Portland Thorns. Uh, but they also have some changeover at the goalkeeper position for OL Reign with Fallon Tullis Joyce goalkeeper. She was nominated for goalkeeper of the year in 2021 in the French league. And she's the most experienced player for OL Reign that they have in the goalkeeper position. The other two are rookies. So that's a position that I think lacks a lot of depth for OL Reign. That's my only my only point I'm going to throw at you for, for OL Reign, Sandra, is that their goalkeeper position doesn't have a lot of depth. Yeah. However, you're going with OL Reign to win this one? You are? All right. Yeah. I like that. I, I I don't know. I'm going to be frank. I think I want to go with OL Reign as well. Go with, go with a girl. I, I you they like. have a lot more, I think, with like Bethany Balser they have and Megan Rapino. I think we could see a lot from Bethany Balser this year, yeah. Sofia Huerta. And the fact that Portland Thorns are now without Becky Sauerbronn, it's going to hurt them. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it, again, first first game, right? Maybe yeah. it does boil down to to a draw. You know, we've seen the, these two teams battle out to that before in the past, but I think both of us sticking with the Oral Reign could, could, you know, maybe be something where we come back on a recap episode and say, hey, we were right, but or if we're wrong, we'll say we're wrong. We'll, we'll find out. Always. Yeah, we've got one more for uh, matches to keep an eye on this weekend Two teams, no longer the new expansion sides. And I guess if you're looking back to last year, this is maybe a bit of a bottom-of-the-table clash. Kansas City Current versus Racing Louisville FC will be kicking things off on Friday, March 18th at 7.30 Eastern Time. Lisa, you mentioned you're going to be on the call for this one. What are going to be some things that you're looking for between these two teams? Well, so much turnover for both of these squads. I mean, Kansas City has acquired... uh, Sam Ewis, Lynn Williams, they still have AD French in goal, but with the new head coach in Matt Potter, I want to see what they've been working on over the last few weeks, over, over the last few months throughout this preseason, because I think they're go- there's going to be some magic coming from the Kansas City current side, just based on formationally and how they set up their organization of their attack. That's what I'm really interested to see. Are they going to go over the top? Are they going to look to keep the ball wide and send crosses in or, or go down the middle? So I'm really interested to see how that kind of plays out. And for Racing Louisville, about half of their roster is brand new. They only returned 13 players from the 2021 season. Uh, they do have Emily Fox, U.S. Women's National Team star defender, is coming up through the ranks. Gemma Bonner in the back line as well. Uh, Nadia Nadim is listed on their roster, but she's still recovering from her knee injury. Doctor Nadim, I should say, she's now a doctor. Um, but this is, you know, what I'm really going to be watching in this one, Sandra. Jess McDonald for Racing Louisville forward and Lynn Williams for Kansas City current forward. This is the first time since 2015 that Jess and Lynn will be playing for opposite clubs. And it's happening in the very first match of 2022. They were both on North Carolina Courage since 2015. That's the matchup I'm going to be watching. How their opponents can defend them and, and handle that kind of matchup. I am going to give this win to Kansas City, though. That's who I've got my money on in this one. Listen, I actually got this one with two goals being scored, right? And uh, I think it's going to be an even match. I think it's going to be a draw in this one. I think that Kansas City is going to have the edge a little bit, obviously with players that that they acquired over the time and, um, you know, having those players have that familiarity with each other, right? Obviously, if it's a Mm -hmm. Mewis or a Williams and a Mace and uh, a Hamilton, 
But uh, I just don't want to look at Louisville and discount what they no. potentially can have with their own attacking line, right? Getting somebody like a Jess McDonald is huge for them. But, you know, having the return of Ebony Salmon is another. So I'm excited to see both attacks and what they can produce on this day. It's funny to sort of maybe look back last year and say like, oh, this could be maybe considered, you know, that bottom table clash. But we'll see. Maybe they'll both come out and try to shake that history off of them as well. We're going to take a quick break and be right back to discuss the other regional matches that are going to be taking place over the course of Challenge Cup opening weekend. And we'll take a deep dive right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The madness is upon us, and the Eye on College Basketball Podcast is your audio guide for the entire NCAA tournament and everything you need to know about your brackets. Over the next few weeks, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander will provide recaps of each day of the tournament action and preview upcoming rounds. So if you want the best March Madness analysis, follow and listen to the Eye on College Basketball Podcast anywhere you find this one. Ah, March Madness. (laughs) It's March, Sandra. It's March. I I love it. We got Challenge Cup. We got basketball. Let's keep going. We got more games to discuss. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. We've got two more games in the East. Lisa, I think I'm going to go to you on these because I know you've got a couple of these games on call this week. And we're looking at Orlando Pride versus Washington Spirit. We're talking about an Orlando Pride team that is going through a massive rebuild and a Washington Spirit side that is entering the Challenge Cup as 2021 NWSL champions. What are you going to be looking for? Who do you got? Washington Spirit, expect them to look pretty similar to the way they looked at the end of 2021. If anything, even better. They returned 21 players from that NWSL championship team. So they've only added five players to their roster. Three of them have played in the league before. Two of them are are rookies heading into this year. So, so much experience on this squad. I think it's fun to kind of look at Chris Ward. This will be the first time he doesn't have the acting in front of his head coach title as he led the team uh, to the championship last year. And he was able to do so much even with that temporary title. Um, I think he immediately came in and gained the respect and the trust of the players, which is really crucial for that player-coach relationship to translate onto the pitch Um, or Washington spirit. They don't have any surprises this year. Maybe, maybe they do, but they don't because they showed all their cards last year. And that's kind of what took them on that undefeated run towards the end of the 2021 season, ultimately leading to the championship. So because of that, I think Orlando could have 
a leg up on Washington in that sense. However, Orlando, they have only 16 players returning from last year. They have 10 newcomers, including head coach Amanda Cromwell, who's coming from the collegiate game. So this is her first rodeo in the NWSL and in the Challenge Cup. And she draws the short straw in this first one going up against Washington 2021 champions. Honestly, I think they do because of that. Now, Orlando does have a lot of very talented players. I mean, they returned Marta, Sydney LaRue up top, defender Courtney Peterson, midfielder Gunny Yon's daughter, Maggie Doherty Howard. And then they added players in Darian Jenkins and Megan Montefusco, Celia, uh, Leah Pruitt, Ungar James, who this is pretty good. They have a pretty good roster, but have they had enough time to mesh together? Was their preseason demanding enough to allow that free flow to come and the rhythm to be found? So based on that Washington is going to have the upper hand and 21 returning players. They all know each other. Preseason was just an extension of the 2021 season, whereas Orlando really had to build from the ground up. I I take Washington in this game. I don't think that's unfair. I'm also going Washington spirit in this one, but I have enthusiasm to see. I always get excited about a rebuild. I think people will shy away from that and they shudder at the thought of the word. Right. But I'm excited to see what uh, a new look Orlando pride is going to introduce you know, to uh, to the NWSL in 2022, starting with the Challenge Cup. Obviously, when you have a roster that has somebody like Marta on it, you don't ever want to count them out by any means. Uh, but these are two teams who have uh, seen some kind of preseason competition a little bit against other NWSL sides, right? So I think with that added, like, kind of preparation ahead of Challenge Cup, I think might make leave way to, you know, a, a competitive fixture. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means but yeah. i'm giving the the edge to washington spirit because of all of the great points that y'all already mentioned Sandra, you mentioned one. marta also sydney larue she's yeah. a player that can all of a sudden in a game she a switch flicks in her head and she's like i need a goal i'm gonna score a goal our team needs a goal and she just does it so it is a very lethal combination especially between those two but sydney larue is powerful up top it'll be a force for washington to stop We'll see what happens. We've got one more in the East, North Carolina versus Gotham on Saturday, Eastern time kickoff. I'm going to take the lead on this one, Lisa. In terms of this matchup, I'm excited for this one because I think similar to Orlando Pride, we're looking at the courage and they're going to have a little bit of new looks themselves. Uh, they're going to be without uh, a key piece to start start things off in Denise O'Sullivan, someone who's really been an anchor in that midfielder for them in the past. But again, I think when you're looking across this roster to Despite all of the new faces, when you see some familiar names on there, like an Abby Yurisic, where you see somebody like a Dabinia, who is still going to be such a factor for this club moving forward, you can hardly look at them and say, hey, going to count them out. But I can't help but look on the other side of the opposition with Gotham FC as they are the visiting side in this one and just have a bit more enthusiasm about it in terms of who they are and the moves that they made during the offseason to try to ensure that their team looks a little bit different as they go into 2022. So they've got a new piece in net with Ashlyn Harris. They've got Christy Mewis as a big addition over the offseason. It's only going to add to that attack when you are looking at players like a Margaret Purse, when you look at somebody like an Ifioma Anomanu. Locking up somebody like a Naomi Kawasumi is also going to ensure things up in the attack. She's a great player to be able to facilitate things mm-hmm. and sort of pull the strings and thread the ball through. So I'm going with Gotham FC in this match. Who are you going to be taking, Lisa? 
Oh, I like that pick. I think for North Carolina, the loss of Denise O'Sullivan, even Carolyn, the Brazilian international, neither of them available for the courage during this cup. And also looking at the lack of depth at the forward position for North Carolina. They only have four forwards listed on their roster. Remember, they lost Jess McDonald, Lynn Williams. They lost Amy Rodriguez to retirement. They lost Kari Ricaro in the midfield. Um, because of that, the lack of, lack of depth is something I'm concerned about for how they're going to score goals. Now, on the other side of that, it makes me very excited to hopefully see college draft pick Deanna Deanna Ordonez playing yeah. for the courage. You think we'll see her? You think maybe she'll get a start, Sandra? Listen, when you name off and you rattle off that forward core that they have for North Carolina Courage, I don't see how she doesn't see, if not a start, I don't see how she doesn't get significant time. Yes. For so this it's, courage side. it's Deanna Ordonez, Brittany Radcliffe, Riley Basin, and Jorian Balcom, who yep. There's only four. And if you're playing with three forwards, you're going to have to rotate someone around. Yep. I'm very excited about that, uh, that prospect of seeing her in there. But I agree. I think Gotham is I'm more keyed in on to see how uh, Christy Mewis fits into that midfield, how they're playing up top with Margaret Purse and if you Aman Amanu and, and Kawasumi, because she just signed a new contract extension. I think I'm going to get take Gotham on this one. And, and also for this Challenge Cup, I think I had Gotham winning this group. I'm trying yeah. to like remember our picks for all of this, but uh, I think Gotham will be the better team in this one. But I'm it's just so exciting to see how they're going to roll out formationally and, and tactic-wise what they're going to do, because I think a team like Gotham and, with Scott Parkinson if he can utilize Christy Mewis to feed those balls through to the very fast forwards that Gotham has, which was very beneficial for them last year, they could be so lethal. We'll see. We'll see what happens out of the East during opening weekend. We've got one more match to close out opening weekend. It's the Central Region. Houston Dash will host Chicago Red Stars to close out the festivities of Challenge Cup opening weekend. When you're looking at these two teams, Lisa, what are you going to be looking for and who are you going to pick? For these two, uh, some fun facts for you on this match, Sandra. This is the fifth time these two clubs have met each other in the first NWSL match of a calendar year, and all of them have been hosted by Houston Dash. Houston winning the first two and then drawing the next two. This will be number five. Um, Houston, they have 25 players on their roster. They did return a lot of players. They added Maria Sanchez, who was in the NWSL in 2019, went to Mexico, and now returns to Houston Dash. They also have a lot of... Uh, they've lost players in this offseason. We just talked about Christine Mewis. They lost Abby Dahlkemper. I don't know. Did they lose her? She was there for a spell and then she left. Uh, but defenders wise, they still have Alicia Chapman, Katie Naughton, Jane Campbell in goal. They'll have Marissa Vigiano in the midfield along with Shea Groom, uh, Rachel Daly up top, Rachel Daly and Maria Sanchez up top, Sandra. Oh my gosh. I'm very excited to watch that happen um, for Chicago. This was an offseason of change, maybe not personnel wise, but culturally at the club. And I think that that changed things a little bit. They do have their core players back, Alyssa Nair and goal, Tierna Davidson in the back line, Aaron Wright in the back line, and then midfielders of Danny Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, uh, Morgan Gatral. So because of that, and, and then having Mallory Pugh still up top and Rachel Hill, 
I'm excited to see what Chicago does differently this year or if there is nothing different and they're still trying to play the same game that they did last year. With personnel-wise, they could do that same thing, but they have new coach. They have new coaching staff. They have a new team environment, a new team mojo going for them. So I think we could see something different from Chicago, but this is this is a matchup that I think could end in a draw. 1-1, one, one, I'm giving a goal to each side, but I think it could end in a draw. Yeah, I'm a little curious of how the the preseason Russ is going to look on on both of these teams, right? Mm-hmm. Because we see Houston Dash, uh, you know, who had their preseason scrimmages against some collegiate um, teams, but also having that experience by heading out into Mexico City, going up against uh, Pumas Feminil, getting the win out there against a, a Liga MX Feminil side, uh, 1-0, right? And sort of having... Um, large majority of those players m- perhaps sort of be viewed as a little bit of a, a dash B team, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not your typical starters who were getting the start in that game. So I'm also looking at the Red Stars who had some NWSL competition themselves during the preseason participating in Portland's spring invitational, but not really coming away with a ton of results. I think they got a draw at one point in, in two losses, I think in others. Uh, so there's still those question marks, I think around the Red Stars and, and their attack and and their ability to, to score goals, you know, in order to pick up the win. And looking throughout some of those matches, when you're looking at the starting 11s that were coming out, not really seeing Mallory Pugh amongst those starting mm-hmm. 11s at that spring invitational. So I'm a little curious as to, as to who's going to be scoring the goals for uh, this team come this opening day Challenge Cup match. And you talked a lot about maybe cultural change, but I would include personnel change. You're looking at this roster and you can point out a number of, of returning players who are coming back, but they have a slew of new faces and new names that are part of this Red Stars roster. So there's a ton of rookies that we could still be seeing get time in this Challenge Cup. It all depends on what their new head coach is going to be doing in Chris Petroselli. So a head coach who came in almost three weeks into their preseason, right? So there's there's some things that are... Exactly. There's some things that still have to get ironed out, I think, for the Chicago Red Stars side. And with the Houston Dash side, mentioning some of their attackers that have already had that familiarity with each other, whether it's somebody like a Daly or even um, Maria Sanchez, who had that short three week loan last year with the team. Uh, fitting in very, very well, and Nichelle Prince, right? So I'm very enthusiastic about that Houston Dash attack and what it could look like. And while I'm agreeing with you that maybe this kind of preseason-y Challenge Cup first game match could end up in a draw, I'm going to give the edge to Houston Dash here and say that they're actually going to edge out with a win. So I'm excited to see how everything plays out, Lisa. I'm excited to get back into our recaps as well and take a look and see if we picked any correctly or if we picked any incorrectly and why we were wrong. I agree, Sandra. I did write them down, so we'll see if I can remember that. I got to take my notebook with me on my flights. But I have another question for you before we wrap up. A player, a spotlight player that you're looking at this weekend, based on the matchups that we have, based on – who we're going to see play, who we haven't seen play throughout this preseason so far. I know you just mentioned a few names, but is there a specific player, whether it's a rookie you're looking to get time or an experienced player or someone on a new club that you're looking to see how they fit in? Is there one spotlight player that you have your eye on? Yeah, I think in that opening match, I want to see Ebony Salmon get a start. I want to see what she does for this racing Louisville side. I see a team like Houston dash, right. And I see 
how an English international became the face of this franchise. And when we're looking at racing Louisville FC, a little bit of a reset button, I think, was hit in this offseason. So, no, they're not. They're no longer the newest expansion side, but they're still a new team to this league. And they're still going to be establishing things like style of play. They're going to be establishing things like club culture. And I would love to see a player like Ebony Song become the face of racing Louisville FC. So I'm hopeful to see some time from her, hopefully, uh, you know, if uh, everything's all good health wise and everything and uh, how, whether it's a star or whether it's off the bench, let's see some of any summon goals. I think we could see that. We saw it last year. What was it? Like a minute and a half after she yeah. checked into the game, her first NWSL game, she notches a goal. So that's a player that could be that person. But I think it starts now in the Challenge Cup. You're right. She's a good player to watch. I think it's too hard for me to like look at all of the rookies that we have. We talked about Deanna Ordonez with North Carolina. I think she'll get time. But really, it's it's on the expansion clubs for me that I'm keyed in on. I want to see Sophia Jakobsen. I want to see Naomi Gurma. I want to see these new players in the league and what they can do, specifically with their new clubs. Maybe not necessarily this weekend against Angel City for San Diego, but as they go on to play OL Reign and Portland Thorns, how they stack up against other NWSL competition is two new players coming into this one. We'll see. Let's keep an eye on it. We'll have much to talk about when we do our recap of this weekend's matches. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening to our Challenge Cup Week 1 preview. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify now. And if you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and we'll answer it during a mailbag segment. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back on Sunday with a live Challenge Cup recap and game-by-game analysis for you all. Catch all the games on Paramount+. Plus. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.